Welcome to another week of the Tyler and Toddy Show. We had a great uh, week five slate of games, a lot of uh, ones that came down to the last second. As always, I'm joined here by my co-host, Connor Caligari. Connor, how are you doing today? Good. A nice week of R&R. I was off the pod last week. I apologize to the loyal listeners. However, we are back. A lot of great things to talk about. Now is really the time where we see teams separate. Show their true identity. Who is an elite team? Who's a contender? And who is a pretender? Tyler, take it away. Yeah, who are the winners and the losers? Uh, the The playoff race is kind of shaping up here. In a couple of weeks, we'll have the first playoff top 25 come out. Um, it's interesting to see how, uh, how the conference races are really shaping up here. So uh, let's just go ahead and look back at week five. Um, the... Probably biggest game of the weekend was that Clemson Louisville game. Uh, six six turnovers for Clemson. Uh, Louisville came down to the last second. Even though Louisville lost that game, I think it still kind of shows how great Lamar Jackson is and and how how good of a team they are. Really tough to go into uh, runner national championship runner up with uh, that good of a defense and still perform that well and probably should have won it if you look at how they performed to that last drive, uh, probably a few inches from getting that first down and they could have won the game there with that touchdown. Yeah. If it makes any sense, I kind of feel like I'm more impressed, I guess with Louisville than I was before, even though they beat Florida state, it's like a good loss. Um, I don't think like, you know, they're doomed by any chance. They most certainly could still win out and, you know, make things interesting uh, for a playoff team. And, and you look at the uh, PAC 12, all things considered, I'm not so sure PAC 12 will get someone undefeated, and even a one-loss Pac-12 champion might not get anyone in. So, you know, the only real test left for Louisville is, you know, against Houston, unless they slip up somewhere else, which can always happen, which always tends to happen. But, you know, I think everything's still right in front of them. Yeah, I mean, everything's right there for the ACC to get two teams in. Uh, Clemson still has to play Florida State, but Florida State is looking more and more like they are uh, not the team we thought they were preseason. So easily Clemson went out. Louisville doesn't go to the ACC championship game, but Clemson uh, ends up going. And then at the end of the year, you look at a one-loss Louisville team with their resume and that you could easily see them in there. Yeah, really quickly to toot our own little horn. Uh, we actually were the ones saying that if there was a likely you know, two-team two conference in the playoff, it was going to be the ACC. But that's here nor there. I, not a big deal. It's uh, another um, <laughs> awesome, awesome game. The whole slate was great because you had, you know, if you could watch the Florida game at Vandy at noon, and then you kind of transition to the Tennessee UGA, uh, the ending of the Louisville or the ending of the FSU UNC, um, which was crazy. The UNC like that that game was just nuts. FSU UNC. I don't know if we could really dive into it. It, it was pretty insane. Uh, but of course, Tennessee UGA. Um, I so. I think it's very obvious um, that what's his name, the quarterback of Georgia. Um, why can't I think of his name? Jacob Eason. Jacob Eason. I think he's going to be very good, but he misses a lot of throws wide open, especially down the field. And it's it's not the like coverage things. I think it's just he's missing throws. I still think he's going to be good, 
Um, and then on the other hand, Josh Dobbs is who he is who we thought he were, yeah. and it, it misses <laughs> a lot of throws. But then then has a big play in the red zone, um, you know, and, and in the second half just in general. And so Tennessee does what they do. I remember um, I was turning on the the Ole Miss Memphis game, which was starting at like six or seven, and the, the ending of that game, I switched to my computer, which was a little delayed, and Twitter just starts going crazy, and you have no idea what is it's a thirty or forty five second minute second delay. And you have no idea what's going on. It's just bananas. This this hail mary. I mean, the, the penalty right before it just kind of it was kind of uh, poetic. Yeah. yeah, I was actually I was at the uh, FSU bar up here in New York, and so I saw that last second field goal, and all the FSU fans were kind of crushed. And then everybody turned their heads and watched the end of the Tennessee Georgia game. And I was rooting for Georgia there just because it'd give Florida a better chance to get in the title game. And then you see Georgia get that 50-yard last-second throw, awesome throw by Eason. That was a great throw, yes. Yeah, that was an incredible throw. And then everybody's gone wild. And then Tennessee comes back and gets the Hail Mary and uh, after the penalty and, and gets that there. So it's just... Just a wild turn of events, uh, right there in those couple in those couple games. But yeah, I agree with you. I still, I mean, it's re- granted, it's really tough to go into at any time on the road in the SEC. And Georgia's not a cupcake by any means. They're talented, but I don't think Georgia's that good. And I'm still not really sold on this Tennessee team. They're pretty poor on the offensive line. Josh Dobbs makes some horrific decisions back there at quarterback. Their defense is pretty beat up still. Um, yeah, I think yeah. I think the top three in the West are better than every team in the East, and then I think Arkansas could maybe contend for the East. And so I think you got Alabama, uh, Ole Miss, and um, and A and M. I'm kind of I don't necessarily totally buy A and M quite yet, but I still think they're pretty good. Yeah, now A and M, A and M also has that also issue at quarterback. They have Trevor Knight at quarterback, and we've seen him have some implosions. Although he hasn't done that this year, we know he's. He can have some uh, poor decision-making games. Just some other other games that weekend I want to get to quickly. Um, Michigan, Wisconsin uh, was a very Big Ten game, seven seven for most of the game. Even though you kind of felt like Michigan was in control. Um, of that Did they game. miss four field goals? Yeah, and uh, Michigan just Michigan just looked much more talented. They have NFL players all over the field. Uh, and then Washington Stanford that Friday night game, uh, Washington kind of put their name on the map. Chris Peterson's been building that program for a while, and they they get the the big victory, kind of blowing out Stanford. Hmm. They got kind of they got good out of nowhere. Why why doesn't the NCA invest investigate them? <laughs> oh, hmm. Hmm. Makes you think. <laughs> well, win win a couple games more every, year over year, and where's the investigation, NCA? Oh, well, this looks like somebody's upset about the attention Ole Miss has been getting. Oh, no, we're off, so we don't need to talk about it. All right, all right. But yeah, but Washington, one of the things I thought interesting in that Washington game, uh, Stanford is getting zero pressure on the Washington quarterback. He was just sitting back there forever and kind of picking apart their defense. And, and it was convert, and the absolute opposite on the other side of the ball was every time yeah. Stanford dropped back the pass, and he wasn't getting like destroyed it wasn't just like you know hurries and, and like sacks they they you can tell washington's got some dudes on, on their defense and and some good weapons yeah. on offense yeah all right well i think uh <clears throat> we've covered those games pretty sufficiently so we are going to go ahead and move on to the week six games um 
the first game we have on the schedule is a is a doozy. It's, it's in Baton Rouge, uh, right? No, uh, it's actually it's, it's in limbo. So uh, I mistakenly <laughs> reported on Twitter. I had some poor sources that uh, the game was getting moved to Baton Rouge, but you got to take some risks to get your rewards. Yeah, so, so, uh, that, that's what it's all about. A little sauce. The sauces can't yeah. come through. And so this game had got announced recently that they're as of now it's staying in Gainesville, which I think is just complete Looney Tunes because that's the direct path of the <laughs> of the hurricane. Even though it's not going to be there, there might be leave just like a path of destruction. Um, but neither that's neither here nor there in the uh, analysis of the game. Um, so interim Ed got the LSU boys playing well last week after uh, Les Miles lost. Um, Scored a bunch of points and opened up that offense. Florida kind of struggled offensively. Uh, give me your thoughts here, and then I'll come into the end and let you know my thoughts. Yeah, so you mentioned they kind of opened it up. I mean, they ran for like – they set a school record over 600 total yards of offense, and then, and they ran it a lot. It was majority, I think, running. Um, Missouri is not, not very good, especially on defense. Uh, so I, I don't take too much from that. I do think it says something that they came out and they didn't have any lull, right? They kind of got fired up with with Coach Coach O. Um, so you know, I I watched the Florida game and the Florida Florida offense is just I I don't know why it's looked the same for like five years or six years now. It's 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 bad. Um, it doesn't even seem like it's quarterback play. They they get the ball a lot to start games and it's like three. It's been three and out for four years straight. Um, they don't they don't get aggressive now. I think the reason for that is because they do have a really good defense, but I think LSU is going to be pretty good on defense as well. Uh, and it's just going to be the classic LSU game where they kind of chip away, maybe make a big play on special teams. It's going to be like your classic Florida LSU game, like low scoring, kind of sloppy offense. Not to mention it's going to be literally in a hurricane. Um, I, I think I think LSU is going to be a little better of the team, and I'll take LSU uh, with the points minus three. Yeah, Florida fans have been so starving for offense that we had that one game against a pretty putrid Kentucky team, and everybody freaked out and thought Florida was back, and we had this all-star offense. I mean, granted, we've been playing the last few games, or excuse me, I'm a journalist. They've been playing the last few games. Um, <laughs> with a capital J. Capital J journalist. They've been playing the last few games with uh, Austin Appleby at quarterback. So it'll be interesting to see if the offense changes if at all, this week against um, LSU with Luke Del Rio back. Uh, Fournette's out for LSU, but Darius Geis looks it's nasty. Looks awesome. It really good. It's, it doesn't really seem fair, yeah. Uh, you would think that LSU might have a disadvantage because the word on the street is, if you trust any of my words at this point, but word on the street is that LSU is flying into Tampa and then they're going to have to drive up from Tampa, so it's a little bit of a trip for them. Um, I think one of the keys to the game, it's like most of the games, Florida's offensive line hasn't been playing well. Arden Key, the outside linebacker for LSU, uh, All-American, he was in the Florida backfield a ton last year when I went to the game. Um, and then Lewis Neal, their other defensive end, I think them uh, being stopped by the Florida offensive line will be one of the keys to Florida getting many points. But I agree with you on this one. Florida squeaked by Vandy. Um, they got the momentum with their big – LSU has a momentum big win over Missouri. So I'm going to go with LSU minus three. All right. Um, and, yeah, I just – I don't know. I don't see how they, they play that game at noon, let alone on Saturday. But we'll see. 
Um, the Red River, don't call it a shootout because that'll that's a trigger. Um, and this is a safe space podcast. <laughs> the Red River rivalry um, in, in Texas and uh, was it Dallas? The Cotton Bowl? Dallas. Yeah, yep. so um, it's going to be Texas playing Oklahoma. Oklahoma is a 10-point favorite. You got to lay the points here, don't you, Tyler? Yeah, it's, t- it's a lot of points for this rivalry game. I mean, you remember last year, uh, o- Texas was playing awful. Oklahoma was playing really well. They were on their way to win the the Big 12, and Texas kind of won, and they put Charlie Strong on all the players' shoulders and carried him off the field. It was a big victory. Um, this game, both the teams kind of come in a little a little sore at 2-2. Two and two. Uh, Texas... <clears throat> Just defense is just playing so bad, which so bad. is surprising under Charlie Strong. They gave up 49 to Oklahoma State again last week after giving up that 50 to Cal. Um, you would think that, uh, I mean, Oklahoma's played a pretty tough schedule early on. They lost to Houston and Ohio State, and then they beat a pretty good TCU team at TCU last week. But still, a rivalry game tends too much. Uh, I, I like Texas in this one. Yeah, I... I think both teams suck pretty bad, actually. Uh, but I think Texas just sucks really, really bad. So I, I'm gonna, I, I agree. Kind of that that game last year was kind of crazy, right? Texas and it wasn't even close. Texas from the beginning just blew them out. And like you said, Oklahoma State was was kind of riding at that point. I think Oklahoma kind of gets back on it. You know, they the teams they've lost to have been pretty pretty damn good. So you know, they still have a like we said in front of Louisville, maybe not as much on uh, the same scale, but still have a lot of things in front of them um, in a, in a, in a bad conference. So I think they get it back on track and, and really put up some points on that putrid uh, Longhorn defense. So give me Oklahoma points, lay, give me Oklahoma to lay the points and cover 10. So a disagreement on our second pick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Shane Bichelle for Texas there has been, has been playing really well, but I mean, if you look at just quarterback advantage, Baker Mayfield is still the way better Way better quarterback, um, so they should both put up a decent amount of points. Um, take the over if you're taking anything as well in that game. Oh God, uh, it's, it's like seventy points, but it's, I still think it, yeah. I still think it crushes. Yeah. So next game we have here uh, one of the biggest games of the week. Um, Three thirty, number nine Tennessee at number eight Texas A and M. Texas A and M is a seven point favorite. I think you're going to see this line go way down towards kickoff. I think heavy money on the from the sharp side will come in on Tennessee. I'm going to agree. I think that's you know what I my personal feeling is as well. I think seven points for Texas A&M is way too much. Is and I say this, it sounds bad, weird, but especially at home because we've talked about it in the past two years. Texas A&M has not won a big home game under Kevin Sumlin in the SEC. I think the only team they've beaten that ended up ranked was Vanderbilt. One year, and so the only big win they have is a programs that won at Alabama. Um, Ole Miss has gone in there when they're both ranked and just you know, beat the living hell out of them. We've seen teams go in there and just stomp on them. Um, now, I, I I think this is a little bit different of a Texas A and M team, right? They have some studs on defense. They can actually run the ball a little bit. And so far, the quarterback play hasn't been too erratic. Uh, we'll wait and see on that one. But at the same time, uh, I just think seven. I don't. I won't tell you who wins the game, but I think seven points is way too much. Give me Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you that they haven't really won a big game at home. Um, the last two years, they've like started really hot and they've kind of fallen off. They've gone five and zero the past two years, and then fallen off in the West after that. Um, 
that like you said, they have a much better defense this year with John Chavis and Miles Garrett and the rest of that defensive line. Um, <clears throat> I think uh, it's, I don't really have a lot of confidence in Tennessee. Like I said earlier, um, I think I think the, the, with the program that Texas A&M has, they kind of thought after Johnny Manziel that Johnny Manziel was kind of like a fluke, and they could just put everybody put anybody in Johnny Manziel's place and put four wide receivers out there and just put up a bunch of points in that system and then then they'd be fine and they keep winning and dominating but they learned kind of the hard way that that's not the way they're going to be able to do it and rebuild that program so I think with the with the rebuilt program I think I Texas A&M in a roundabout way is going to be able to cover this game at seven over Tennessee Lack of faith in Tennessee and more faith in the uh, new rebuilt Tennessee program with with a solid defense. Balls are back, we know it. Um, so let's be it'll be good to see how that one plays out. All right, the next and the final of uh, the kind of premier L- um, SEC matchup. So number one Alabama going to Fayetteville um, to play this number sixteen Arkansas team. Alabama is a fourteen point favorite. Uh, I think I know where your head's here, and I think I'm going to agree with you. Now, Alabama and Arkansas have played close the past two years. This one, they're in Fayetteville, which is a lot better home crowd than when they play the games at uh, Little Rock. What do you think about it, Tyler? Yes, this is the first of three ranked opponents for Bama. So they got a little stretch here. They uh, don't have a cupcake after this, so they definitely have to start thinking about their schedule coming up. Bama's been getting off to some slow starts, too. You remember that USC game? They were down 3 nothing for a while, and then Kentucky last week, it was a 3 nothing game for a while. I, was, I wasn't I was watching the game, but I was looking at the score. Down 22 to Ole uh, Miss. Yeah, down 22 to Ole Miss. Um, this Arkansas defense as well is, isn't terrible, and uh, Austin Allen's been playing really well, Brandon Allen's younger brother. Um, Pro Football Focus actually saw they ranked him as one of the top five graded quarterbacks in the nation thus far this season, um, which is pretty impressive. Um, And then I think this Arkansas offensive line is kind of one of those unique offensive lines built to withstand that front seven of Bama a little better than most. Um, So I think Arkansas is able to stay within that 14. That's a ton of points for a road. Two teams are going to run it. Yeah, They're going to milk the clock. Mm -hmm. And I mean, Bama's Bama's not one to just run away with it if they're leading late in the game. They're not going to blatantly try to run up the score. Uh, Saban's usually pretty conservative in these games. So, what do you what are you thinking here? I feel like you agree with me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think fourteen is too much points when you consider the things you said. I mean, taking into account they've played tight the past two years. The, they, Arkansas should have beaten them last year. You know, they screwed yeah. it up and fumbled it on the one. Um, Fayetteville is, is a place where a lot of teams like hopes go to die and their dreams go to die. It's just a place where it's so tough to win. Uh, if you, if you followed the past, especially the past two years, Arkansas, though they haven't really been like big time ranked or like in a big bowl game, they've always played really well in the, against the good teams there's, they played, right? <laughs> yeah. Not as, and, not as and, much as against the bad teams. No, it, it, which is, it's really weird. It's a, and it, it's a trend because it's happened for three years now. And so it's kind of a weird trend. Um, it's kind of similar when you look at like Ole Miss is they either cover or they get their asses kicked. Um, and so, you know, I think they keep it close. I mean, listen, I, I think Arkansas is pretty good. I think they match up very well against them. Uh, I think you're going to see points from both teams. Uh, I mean, not a ton, but maybe like a, you know, 24, 21 game. 
but I think Alabama wins, but I think it's close. Yeah. No, I like that. I agree. Uh, my, that might be a nice uh, little teaser. Tease it up to 20. I love that idea, Tyler. Lay, Is that, that's going to be, be our teaser? Yeah, Tyler Toddy teaser special. Brought to you by Smart Water. Smart Water. The electrolyte infused water out of, uh, out of New York. All right, so the last game on our schedule here is Saturday, uh, 8 p.m., number 23 FSU versus number 10 Miami. Uh, Miami is a three-point favorite, and the big question of this week, uh, is the U back? Well, Toddy's cutting in, and I'm telling you, no, they aren't back. This is the lock, this is the lock of the week. FSU plus three. Talk about a teaser, Tyler. I'll take the over and FSU – um, or I'll take the over in FSU plus 10 or plus 9. I think this FSU runs away with those and kicks the crap out of Miami. Um, I Listen, to give Miami credit, they do look better. They look more you know organized like, like they should under Rick. But there are no way a top 10 team, let alone maybe even borderline top 25. You know, you know who they've played this year? Uh, um, played, I know they've played uh, two directional schools in Florida and uh, Appalachian <laughs> State, right? Appalachian State and Georgia Tech. And Georgia Tech's not very good either. No. Um, Ford A&M, Ford Atlantic, Appalachian State, and Georgia Tech. How did they and go that, from unranked to number 10 in the country? Uh, a lot of teams have lost. Yeah, I got, that's so, the answer, right? Yeah. It's okay. They're, they're, they're ranked ahead of Ole Miss. What do you think the spread would open up for Ole Miss versus Miami? Whew, double digits. 10 points? Yeah. Um, yeah, but F- I don't know. I think one of the one of the things people are looking at is um, FSU's defense has looked trash early in the season. Their defensive coordinator Charles Kelly is definitely on the hot seat. But I mean, they played good offenses. It's yeah. not like they've played. They played like the best offenses in the country. Yeah, and so yeah, they've looked bad, but they've they've given up points to like good offenses. And Dalvin Cook the last two weeks has been playing. Lights out. He's had almost 200 yards of offense. Um, I think he had 300 yards last week. I guess Miami's schedule has been complete garbage. Uh, what's interesting is there'll be uh, these are two pretty uh, fair weather fan bases. I don't expect the FSU fans to travel down there. Knowing the FSU fans I've spoken with, they're pretty disappointed in this season and they want everybody fired um, after their two losses. But uh, I expect the Hard Rock Hard Rock Stadium to be rocking, the biggest game they've had there in probably five years. Bottle service. Uh, I, that being said, um, then Mark Rick Mark Rick has improved the team. Brad Kaya has been playing well, and Joseph Yearby at running backs been doing well. Kind of when Kaya Kaya struggled a little bit under Golden, he had him throwing the ball a bajillion times a game, and he got really beat up. But Rick's had him. I watched a few of their games against Georgia Tech and App State, and Rick's had the running game going and puts him in advantageous passing situations and play action and kind of keeps the pressure on him. But that being said, I think Florida State is a much better team on both sides of the ball. Um, I think they go down to uh, Hard Rock Rock Stadium. Hard Rock. Rock Stadium and turn down the volume on the, <laughs> on the used season and get the victory here. I think it's pretty asinine that uh, Miami is favored here. They're basically saying the teams are even, but Miami gets the home field advantage. And 
it's not much of a home field advantage down there. Hey, so but so Sunday's headlines, sunlight Sunday's headlines today, one in one out. FSU shuts down Hard Rock. <laughs> yeah, anyway, go ahead and go ahead and write that write that in the papers. Um, <laughs> all right, so it's going to be another uh, another great week of college football. Uh, several ranked matchups here. I will be traveling down to the state of Florida into the eye of the hurricane to go that's to the that safest. LSU. That's the safest place. Yeah, safest place. That's so so don't act like you're in trouble. Um, mm-hmm. But have your safe travels. I know the weather's nasty, and hopefully you stay dry. You will because you you rich boy yeah. sit in the club section. But oh, <laughs> um, yeah, have fun, man. Hopefully that game stays at noon. I know there'll be a bunch of guys up there. It'll be a great week of football. Yeah. I'm looking forward to coming back next week and talking about it. I bet. Uh, I bet I'm just gonna fly down there, and then right when I get there, they're gonna move the game to. Baton Rouge, like you're, I said. Well, that, you, well yeah. you'll know you know you're gonna hop on a flight to New Orleans, though, right then. Yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna hop in the hop in the RV and take it down I-10. Straight shot. Straight shot. Fun drive. Alrighty, well that is all we have for you guys this week. I hope everybody enjoys their weekend. Um, signing off here. I am Tyler, and uh, he is Connor. He's he's thanks Connor. for listening. <laughs> he's Connor. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Adios. <laughs>